This program contains adult content. Is there a God? A big atheist. Really? What, am I an idiot? Come on. That yes, it would be nice if you could throw your sins and your responsibilities on someone else. But it's not true. It looks like far left lunacy. I don't believe that it's true that religion is moral or ethical. You don't need to follow anybody! It's not human intelligence! If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should? Hello and welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today is Wednesday, April 6th. This is episode 375. My name is Dan and I'm confused because that's uh, just my normal state of being these days. But I'm joined by two awesome co-hosts, Mr. Taylor Grin. Hello, hello. And Mr. Ryan Duffy. I'm the one with the microphone. Uh-huh. And a mustache, but Taylor has a mustache also. And uh, we, I guess we all three have mustaches. Yours is yeah, just... Yeah, but I'm uh, the only solo mustache. Ryan yeah. is the beardless one. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Only because of work. I mean, I'm at max hair growth for work. <laughs> or allowed hair for work. On my face, not my head. I'm uh, actually surprised no that they let you keep that as bushy as it is. Uh, usually at work, it's all waxed up. Yeah. So it's kind of a lot tighter and I do the curls. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't interfere with my mask up there. So, yeah. Hmm. Well, that's good. Uh, what is new with you, gentlemen? Let's go with, uh, you, Ryan first. Oh, fuck. Uh, well, work is long. Uh huh. That's post COVID training for eight hours a day now, pretty much. Mm hmm. Plus new guys, so getting new guys spun up. So yeah, it's been uh, it's been tiring at work. Then we uh, been doing a whole bunch of uh, uh, controlled burns to burn stuff off before our projected wildland season. And as you would know, Dan, we had a lot of wind yesterday. Uh huh. What? Yeah, all that wind basically blew all the rest of the tumbleweeds from the base back up into the area where that we already burned off. <laughs> so it was like three days of burning massive piles of tumbleweeds. And then this massive storm kicks up and just blows all the rest of the weeds from the West desert up along that fence. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we get to do it again. Just- yeah. The weather has been fucked like every Tuesday for the last fucking three weird. fucking weeks, man. Like it'll be great. And then Monday and Tuesday roll around and it's shit. And Shit. Tuesday is my golfing day, so I haven't been golfing for three weeks, and then I'm going to be gone for two weeks. So, yeah, oh, oh, that's like six wow. weeks of no golf for this guy. That's awful. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, just doing a lot of that and trying to uh, get some more projects. I got uh, hopefully tonight or tomorrow. I got uh, uh, urn to finish for a guy's dog. Mm-hmm. So, is this the dog that is still alive? No, it's now dead. Oh. Well, that's unfortunate. So he said, I, well, time. he sent me a message and I said, Hey, you know, when you're ready, I'm like, I know this is an emotional time. So I got the box ready to be burned. Um, once you have the rights, the, whatever you want to say on it and everything like that, just send it to me. I'll get it mocked up, mm-hmm. get you to approve it and I'll put it on there and have it ready for you. So, well, that's good. I know. When we spoke last, uh, he, the the dog had not yet passed. So yeah, which was kind of an awkward conversation with the guy. Which yeah. was like, oh oh okay, uh, <laughs> this isn't this is a new situation. <laughs> we're just pre- we're just preparing. It's like it's like people that you know buy uh, burial plots and headstones before yeah. they uh, pick just, out their own casket. Ready for it. Yeah, 
mm-hmm. which isn't a bad thing. It was just the first time I had asked to get the rest of the information for an urn. And he's like, well, he's not dead yet. <laughs> I'm going to have to get back to you on that one. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, what's new with you, Mr. Grin? Uh, well, I am broadcasting from an undisclosed location on the West Coast right now. On the West um, Coast? On the West Coast, on the left coast. Um, yeah, I have moved. I'm no longer in Kansas. Uh, I can't imagine I'll be back in Kansas. Uh, you know, knock on wood. Um, Never? Uh, <laughs> if, you know, if that were the case, I would not cry. Um, <laughs> uh, I still can't say quite what I'm up to, but I'll probably be able to do that in the next week or two. Depending on how things go, possibly by the next episode you guys listen to, which, you know, we'll get into that later on because we might have some admin stuff to cover mm-hmm. for the show just with all of our travels. But yeah, so I have, I spent, you know, almost half a day, I mean, more than half a day driving from Kansas to Texas, dropped off a whole bunch of stuff in a storage container. It's, it's somewhat near some of my family. Um, so that if I need stuff sent to me for where I'm going, it'll be easily accessible. And then I flew out to, um, California because there is a, like, it's the, I've got some friends who are going to be watching one of my two cats, um, which I'm very grateful for. Um, because you can only fly internationally with one cat per person. Um, there's a reason close for that. To, what's that? There's a reason for that. Two cats are evil together. I don't know that that's the case. They will take the fucking plane down. The nexus of evil. They conspire. (laughs) They they fucking conspire. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So uh, anyway. Yeah. So and then it's close to an embassy for reasons that I'll get into at a later episode. So yeah. Um, Cool. There's that whole thing. Mystery man. I'm sorry to be. Like vague posting on the show, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> but, um, oh, yeah. So, uh, in terms of story, um, if you ever board your pets, uh, check on them, surprise the people you're boarding your pets with and check on them. I was boarding both of my cats. You can hear one of them playing with a crinkle ball right now, I imagine. Um, uh, I was boarding both of my cats. I pulled one of them out early and took him to another um, boarding house uh, because he needs to be checked out by a vet before I do the thing I'm doing. Um, the other pet was still in there with the cat toys that I left them with. Um, and uh, vet two asked me, hey, do you want any toys for, for avocado? Uh, my older cat. And I said, oh, shit, they're back with Corvo at the at the at vet one. So I went back to vet one and I said, Hey, let me grab my toys. And they were like, Oh, well, how about you just come back and grab them? Right. And, uh, so I went back and I grabbed them and, uh, Corvo, who was supposed to have been left in his cage with his toys, had none of his toys in his cage. And he was, he was like, Hey, his body was like pushed as far back in the back of his cage mm-hmm. as possible because mm-hmm. he was just trying to get away from everything. Mm-hmm. His eyes were like dinner plates and his ears were all the way back. And he was very clearly terrified. Yeah. I was going to say, it sounds um, like he's sh- scared shitless. Yes. Scared. Absolutely shitless. And so I walked over, opened up the cage and like he smelled my hand and hugged me. Oh, Corvo is still figuring out pets. Yeah. Um, he still kind of ducks his head when I try to give him head scratches and he just immediately like, like 
jumped Thank up you. onto me. Have you come um, to rescue me? Please say yes. Yeah. So I was like, oh, no, he's leaving now. Like, we are done here. I am never coming back here again. And it was everything I could do not to go like Liam Neeson on the entire clinic. Um, <laughs> he was very distressed. And, uh, so just, you know, if you board your cats, I would strongly recommend do it like a day early and then surprise visit to make sure that they're actually treating your animals well. Mm, that's unfortunate. I'm sorry, man. That, uh, that's got to be so aggravating. And then it's like, well, shit, who can you trust now? And, and right, right. Where do you leave? Where do you leave them? And how often do you feel like you need to check in? Mm-hmm. And then you're going to be constantly worried about it. That sucks. Yep. Yep. It's, it's easily the top five most angry I've been in my life. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's always yeah. been a fear of mine for like if me and Sarah want to go on vacation, like what do we do with our dogs? And right. Like, what's a good boarding place and how are they going to react to it? Mm-hmm. Leave them with a place that's a former, like, religious cult or whatnot. There is that place in Utah. <laughs> I know. That was a cult. Yeah, in southern yeah. Utah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I found that out, I was like, holy shit. And Sarah and I thought about going there. <laughs> yeah, I've finally been going back and listening to the backlog of our episodes because I don't listen to my own show. And uh, <laughs> I hate my own voice. <laughs> Yeah, well, that was a good callback. Um, yeah, speaking of boarding dogs and, and not knowing what to do with them when you travel, uh, so Tracy and I will be going to the American Atheists Convention next week. By the time you all listen to this, it will be over and done, and I will be back. It'll be the end of April, probably, by the time you hear this, because I've just been so busy. I have, this will be the third episode in the backlog of episodes that I need to get out. No second second. I don't, I don't even fucking know anymore. Yeah. It's, this is the third one. I have three. This is number three that have yet to be released. Sorry, everybody. Uh, I've just been buried in work and other stuff. So my apologies, but so we're traveling to Atlanta. Today's Wednesday. We fly out Tuesday morning early and we'll be there until the following Tuesday. So a full week in Atlanta. Uh, looking forward to that. Looking forward to seeing a bunch of my friends that I've not seen for a few years now. The last American Atheists convention was in 2019 and they have, uh, canceled. They canceled in 2020 and 2021. They're doing it this year. Uh, so looking, looking forward to that quite a bit. <sighs> We recently did an episode complaining about the former president of this organization. And yeah, it's, it's somebody I mentioned in that episode that I try to forget exists. Uh, Tracy happened to find something. Oh, it was another podcaster, uh, who we have yet to have on the show. We should, I should reach out to this person and, and see if they're amenable to coming on i might see them actually next week so i can talk to them but anyway this other podcaster had posted something about they had x number of friends with with david silverman for whatever reason these people were still associated with him and they found that a little disturbing and so tracy said she just happened to see that person's post and then was like oh shit i wonder if i'm still friends with him and so she went out and saw that she is indeed not friends with him, but also saw that he had made some post griping about uh, the way that the convention is being run and that they 
you know, oh, and they haven't done this and they haven't done that. And it's just not the same since I left because I'm Mr. Awesome and they're just fucking up all over the place. It's like, I love, like I told her, she's like, did you see any of that? And I'm like, no, I like, I think I blocked him on Facebook. I don't know if I've blocked him on Twitter yet or not. Um, but I said, you know, I just, I try to pretend that he doesn't exist anymore. And I said, but it's kind of awesome that, you know, this many, oh, these, these several years after he was removed as president of that organization, that he's still so fucking upset about it. He's so fucking upset (laughs) that he takes four years. Yeah. That he takes every opportunity still to try to, you know, shit on the organization or, or bash it or bring it down in whatever tiny little way that he can, because he's still so upset about somebody taking away his favorite power tool toy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So I just thought, well, well, good. Fuck him. I hope, I hope he dies mad about it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I still follow him on Twitter solely so that I can troll him from time to time. That's I enjoy it a lot. Uh, I just, I, I just thought it was funny. Uh, So yeah, we're looking forward to that. Um, but I, I got off on this tangent. I was talking about what to do with your animals when you, when you travel. So Tracy's mother will be coming and staying at our house while we are away. And we're sending two of our dogs over to Tracy's daughter's house so that she'll have our two most problematic dogs, the ones that cause the most noise and the most ruckus, the, the, the troublemakers. And then Tracy's mom will have our two calmer ones and she'll come over with her two dogs. So she'll watch the house and the dogs and stay here. And then Danica will have our other two. Thankfully we have family members close who can do that and, and like dogs and like our dogs. So yeah, it's not too big of a burden for us, but yeah, I, I can remember before when we lived in Clearfield, which is, you know, 40 miles away from my home now, no family member would want to come and stay at our house for a week while we were gone. So we would board our dogs. And that's when I still had Luke, our boxer uh, before he died and I would have to board him and he didn't seem to mind it very much. We tried boarding Oliver once for just like three or four days and he was not happy at all. Like they said, he didn't eat for a couple of days and uh. just was, was not about it. So we kind of decided that, okay, well, it's good that we've got family that will watch the dogs because that's the only way that we can travel now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in other news, I went and had my stress test early this morning. Oh, good. Yeah. Go? Uh, it went good. I had, I had a bit of an episode, uh, while, Uh-oh. or like it was, did you fart while they were hooking up the monitor? That's always awkward. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of like a good thing, though, because at least they caught it in the, in the action. Or yeah, the action. yeah, that they that it happened while I was there. So, for those who don't know, a stress test is just kind of what it sounds like. They they have you do strenuous exercise to get your heart rate up to a certain level, and then you know have you go on that as long as you can, and they re- hook you up to all kinds of shit. I had a mm-hmm. had a blood pressure cuff on, uh, pulse oximeter and uh, EKG machine hooked uh, up to me. The the twelve little pads. Yeah, 
so now <laughs> she oh, the, did it pull out hair did they oh, not shave you first well oh no they shaved i mean you oh it would be impossible to stick like anything to me there's a 40 year virgin here yeah it would yeah i'm i am a very very hairy fellow so i would be impossible to stick anything to me unless they shaved so she shaved and she's like trying to catch the hair as she's shaving these these little spots and now it looks like i'm i'm like a fucking red and white checkerboard I was going to say a leper. <laughs> like I just have all of these bare spots and she's trying to catch the hair and it still ended up fucking everywhere. Like it just covered the bed that I was on and you know, she's trying to take it over to the garbage. It was, it was a big fucking, it was a big hairy mess literally. And so they get me all hooked up and put me on the treadmill and it's a treadmill that every three minutes increases incline and speed at the same time. So, yeah. Um, so that I'm not there for a very long time while it tries to get my heart rate up to whatever. So they wanted me to hit a, a the target heart rate was 155 for my age, uh, that they wanted to get me up to there and then, you know, just basically keep me on the treadmill and, and doing whatever until I basically cried uncle. And <laughs> so it got up to 155 and she's like, okay, well, we've hit your target. Are you doing okay? And I'm like, yeah. I'm okay. I can, I can still go. I'm fine. <laughs> She's like, okay, well, you know, you've got, you've got like another, another little bit before it increases again. And she said, so like, please no. she's, she's like, so we'll, you know, we'll just kind of keep you at this. And, and I'm, you know, I'm watching you that to make sure that like a, there's a doctor in the next room, you know, she's there, she's monitoring the whole thing. Yeah. She's watching the monitor, talking to me, making sure everything's okay. And like a defib sitting there. Yeah. yeah. So, so then it gets, you know, so then that, that stage ended and the next one increased the incline again and the speed. And I'm, I'm close to running at this point and, you know, I'm holding onto the bar and I'm like, can I, can I pull my, can I pull my, can I pull my mask down to help breathe a little bit? Cause my, my blood, my, my blood oxygen started dipping under 85. So then it started beeping oh. and I'm like, can I pull my mask down? So I pulled my mask down. She's like, yeah, that's fine. Pulled that down and got it back up to like 87 for a bit. And which and is I was, still too low. It, yeah. It was, it, she's, she said it's okay for a while, but okay. Like not to, not to, you know, sustain that for a long time. But, um, so, you know, it, it got above 85 again. Like it was bouncing between like 87, 89. And, uh, you know, she's like, are you doing okay? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm okay. And she said, okay, well, so this, this cycle, you've got like a minute and a half left on it. Uh, are you doing okay? And you want to keep going? And I'm like, um, uh, I think, can we, I think I'm okay. It's like when this one's done, then no, I'm afraid of the next one. <laughs> I was thinking I'm afraid of the next one. I didn't say that. I'm just like, I think I'm done when this one's done. So she's, she's kind of giving me a countdown. She's like, okay, you know, just a minute left and I'm going and going, going. And I'm thinking in my head, like, you know, you kind of start to try to pace a little bit. And you're thinking, okay, one minute, I can do a minute. And in my head, I'm thinking there's got to be like 20 seconds left. And she's like, 45 seconds. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I managed, I managed to actually get through to the end of it. And, and she's like, okay, so I'll just set this that when the cycle ends, it'll, you know, cycle down and, and slow down and whatever. So I, I managed to get through that and she's asking me, you know, what, what is your, you know, do you have any chest pain? Uh, do you, I, I 
Fuck yeah. Yeah. How, how, how are you feeling about, you know, uh, shortness of breath and all of that kind of stuff. And my chest pain got to like a six mm. and, mm. and my shortness of breath got to like a five. And, um, so at the end, you know, I, they also monitor you, uh, during recovery time to see how quickly your, your pulse comes down and your oxygen returns, all that kind of stuff. And, um, my oxygen came back pretty quickly but my pulse stayed really high for a long time. Mm -hmm. And it was while I was sitting there and my pulse was still racing quite a bit that on, on the chart, you can see, you know, it's the do doop, do doop, do doop, do doop. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden there's one that's like, boom. And then like, just, just like all of these little quivers, like somebody was just scribbling on the screen. Yeah. And she's like, Oh, well, that was a good one to catch. I'll, I'll have to let the yeah. cardiologist know about that one. And she said there were a couple more like little things while I was on the treadmill that, that she noted that, you know, they'll, so at the end of it, I sat there for like, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes and my heart rate still was pretty high. Like, I don't think it got below 110 while I was sitting there. Mm-hmm. And I told her that, you know, when I, when I work out at home, it typically takes quite a while for my heartbeat to go back down. She said, okay, well, as long as you're feeling okay, you know, it's, it is still coming down. It's just coming down really slowly. So that's okay. If you feel okay, then we can let you go, whatever. So I left and they just said that I should expect to see the results in the online app. Uh, you know, when, mm. once the results are available, then I'll be notified and that would be the best place to find it. It should be. She said, I, I think she said it shouldn't take any more than two or three days to get the results out there. So I should know shortly what the prognosis is a little bit more. Uh, but good. I hope that I hope you're okay. I hope it's something that's like treatable and fixable rather than you have to live with it. Oh, yeah, me too. Well, and it was interesting. I didn't I didn't know. Like, I know that there's a history of stroke in the family. Um, no history of like heart attacks that I'm aware of. But okay. We had, uh, dinner with my mom recently and I hadn't told her about needing to go to the emergency room and having the monitor and everything on. And while we were there at dinner, I told her about it. She's like, Oh, well, yeah, you know, I've got, I've got a heart murmur. Your, (laughs) your aunt has a heart murmur. Your grandmother had a heart murmur. We've all, yeah, this is a, this is a thing that I'm sorry. You probably get that from us. And I'm like, well, shit, I didn't know anything about that. So. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks gotta, for letting me know. I gotta update my doctor on that because when I talked to her before, I told her, no, as far as I know, like, I know my grandmother had a stroke and that one of my uncles, I think, died of a stroke. Well, and so did my grandmother, but I said, as far as heart attack, no, not that I'm aware of, but I will need to let her know. And, and I said, I don't think there's any other heart issues either, but. Apparently a heart murmur runs in the family that I was previously yeah. unaware of. So all fun and exciting stuff. Is, oh, oh what was that? There was a slight delay. I was going to say, I don't know that my mic is going to pick it up, but I think my cat is snoring right now. So I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so uh, sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> that's adorable. No, you're fine. Um, so yeah, got to talk to the doctor about that. And I still have the monitor on. That will stay on. I think that ends on April 24th or 22nd, somewhere. It's, it's the Friday of that week. So still going to have to wear that. I'll be wearing that while I'm in Atlanta. Um, so, so that should that'll be, be fun. fun going through security. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, 
Well, they're pretty. I was I was surprised. I went through airport security with my cane a couple days ago. Yesterday, yesterday. <laughs> Time is weird. <laughs> I man, I can't even keep it straight. I don't know what state I'm in right now. It's um, a lot. I went through airport security yesterday with my cane and a cat, and like the amount of like all of a sudden it was like. 9-11 never happened and they just sort of ushered me over to a chair and like dabbed me down with the little like gunshot residue explosive tracking bullshit swabs that they have and they were mm-hmm. like do you have anything weird in your bag and I was like no and they like just lightly tossed through it and they were like alright you're good to go like <laughs> get out of here and I was like that, that was awesome <laughs> you <laughs> rascal you off you go yeah <laughs> yep yeah swift slap in the ass and then attaboy and get on the plane <laughs> Well, fun, yeah. fun. Well, there's been a lot, as always, in the news, and we will cover some yeah. of that when we get back from this little break. Hi, this is James Huber, author of Kissing Hex Ass, and you're listening to The Godless Revolution. I can't make anything after four on Thursdays. I have a church thing. Church? Yeah. Your last name's Steinberg. Oh, I'm a Jew for Jesus. Jew for Jesus, really? And you think he's sincere about it? Oh, yeah, totally. totally. Yeah. yeah. I was so shocked and stunned. That, <laughs> that face, that punim. And by the way, you look at this kid, his parents are a big bowl of Jewish. He's screaming Jew. <laughs> what do you think about this whole Jews for Jesus thing? That's crazy stuff. I don't know why anyone would do that. You know, when you're a Jew for Jesus, you're embraced by the Gentiles immediately. Right. But as much as you're embraced by the Gentiles, you're reviled by the Jews. He's, you know, he's considered like a traitor. That's right. He's left us. The Gentiles are liking him. To put that one in the front, they're proud of that. We took him in. Yeah. You know, we, yeah, got, yeah. we got one. We got one. We got one. Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. So Ryan threw three different articles about abortion into the mix for this evening's show. And I have not had a chance to review them. I, I haven't read them. Uh, I'm a little in the dark. I've just been so fucking busy with, with work lately that I'm like, the world is passing me by and I've just got my nose to the grindstone and it's wearing my face off. Yeah. <laughs> but, but what's, what's, what's with these stories that you've got here in the queue for us? Well, I guess, I guess first is, uh, Oklahoma. Uh huh. So they got Senate Bill six twelve. Dateline Oklahoma. <laughs> I was I actually kind of was I was just taking a shower before we got on, and I kind of was trying to think of a song in my head like Oklahoma, where the religious bigots live. And I couldn't think of any other fucking words for it. <laughs> where the wind goes whistling around the plains, or I can't remember how yeah. the song goes. Something, something about wind and the plains and Oklahoma. Yeah. Well, they're they're recycling a bill. So this is actually uh, Senate Bill Six Twelve is a bill they've recycled because the previous governor, when they tried to get this through, didn't want to. Nope, we'll veto that if it gets to a desk. We're not going to pass that. Mm-hmm. Well, the current governor of Oklahoma, which I can't remember, Governor uh, Kevin Stite, mm-hmm. uh, has basically said if any anti-abortion bills come to his desk, he will sign it. Oh, really? Oh, wow. And when this bill was sitting there, it only took one person to bring it up. One person brought it up. They brought it to a vote, and it passed 70 to 14 on Tuesday. The day we're recording this. Kevin Stitt. Fuck you, Kevin. 
Yeah. So what does this bill do? Well, if you provide an abortion, they want it to be a felony and you could face up to $100,000 or a maximum of 10 years in prison. Now, I found that to be kind of scary. Uh-huh. Uh, but there was one line from this article from NPR that stood out to me the fucking most. A fine. Uh, so it says guilty of a felony and could face a fine up to $100,000 or a maximum 10 year mom. prison sentence. Yeah. It's fucking outrageous. So we're going to force women to bear children, to, to carry fetuses to term. We're going to force yeah. them, force them to be hosts to a parasite. Yep. And then what are they going to do? With it? Are they going to force them to remain parents also? Um, well, if they don't remain parents, they will probably put them in jail for neglect. God damn it. He's and make them pay a fine as well. These religious fucking bastards, man, just spreading their bad ideas and bullshit everywhere they fucking go. Yeah. But I mean, not in this article. And I grabbed another article. We might get to that one, but there is the, I guess, cause and effect. Mm. Uh, Texas passes a law, basically a banning abortion. Not really, but kind of subtly banning abortion. Mm. So people don't want to get an abortion in Texas anymore. So they go to neighboring states like Oklahoma. Well, it was already so fucking difficult to get an abortion in Texas because they had passed all kinds of obstructionist laws that made it so fucking difficult to get an abortion there. Yeah. They had what? I think, what was it? Three, maybe four working clinics in the entire fucking state of, yeah. of Texas. So they already had to travel. So the old argument of, well, you can travel to another state to get an abortion. Well, that's what people do. Mm -hmm. But those other states might not be able to handle the influx of people coming to their state for an abortion because they weren't ready for it. Mm. But so if you notice, it said they want to make it a felony because mm -hmm. uh, they're also anticipating this. Uh, and this is from uh, Mary Ziegler from NPR. She says, I think that this is just a reflection of the fact that Oklahoma, that lawmakers in Oklahoma, as in much of the country, are pretty confident that the Supreme Court is going to overrule Roe. And that it's just a matter of time until a law like this can go into effect. That part scares me. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's... She also, well, she also says they, they may lose the battle. So she's talking about when, if they bring this to court, they may lose the battle, but they think in the end they'll win the war mm -hmm. of banning abortion nationwide mm -hmm. yeah yeah at least until you know progressives have been put back on the supreme court which could take a while yeah I mean, yep yeah elections and, have consequences and unfortunately not enough people are participating in elections here and and mm -hmm. even when some of them do they're they're voting with their hearts instead of their fucking brains Right mm -hmm. there, they're voting well, for libertarians or Green Party or somebody else who doesn't have a fucking chance at the national level. And so then at the national level, we get a bunch of right wing lunatics who win elections instead, who appoint people to the Supreme Court for lifetime appointments. And we end up with a conservative activist Supreme Court that is going to overrule Roe versus Wade and set set the timeline back for women by 50 years. I, I saw a good meme today. Camera for today, yesterday. I'm like Taylor. I forget what fucking day it is. 
Um, they said, it said vote like Ukraine. And I, for a second, I had to think about that. I'm like, oh yeah, when Zelensky got voted in, they had like, was it like 90 some odd percent of the populace vote in that election? Oh, no. It would be nice if we so, could get those kinds of numbers here in the U.S. Yeah. Vote like Ukraine did to get Zelensky into office. An yeah. overwhelming number of the population overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly voted for him. So, yeah. Yeah. Vote like they I did really for their like own democracy. Australia does. Mm. Um, they have, they have it's, so-called mandatory elections, right? So, notionally, everyone has to vote. What happens is there's basically a $50 civil charge if you don't vote. So you wow. get a ticket if you if you don't vote. Mm, and most people out of just like game theory behavior don't want to have to pay a $50 ticket. It's easier for them to go vote because then they've got to go to a courthouse and pay money mm-hmm. if they don't. <laughs> so and they got to make a trip anyway. Everyone anyways. has to vote. You no longer have the effect of like only people with the most extreme views tend to vote. You know, so mm-hmm. people who are more moderate tend to get involved. Mm-hmm. And here in the United States, instead of making it more, instead of making it easier for people to vote and encouraging more people to do so, we're making it more difficult for people to vote because conservatives can see the writing on the wall. The progressive values and thinking is winning the battle intellectually. And so Mm -hmm. through force and coercion and denial of rights to people, they're, they're trying to still ram through their, their views, their religious bigoted views. And it's because people here just don't seem to give a shit and they're not out. They're not politically motivated. They're not politically involved. They don't, they don't follow politics at all. They don't participate in elections nearly as much as they should. And that's a huge fucking problem. Uh, there's a Lord. friend of the show that we had on a couple episodes years and years ago who's since passed who had this line of thinking that, you know, until more Republicans are put in office and turn this into, you know, 1984 in, into some Orwellian dystopia or uh, uh, something out of The Handmaid's Tale that will finally force people to want to become more politically involved and then things will finally change. And they were advocating for this to happen. And at the time I was like, no, that's, I mean, that may happen, but it's a really fucking bad idea because of all of the pain and suffering that will be meted out upon the, the small minorities of people who are going to be bullied and, you know, killed (laughs) through policy or inaction or violent action that this is a really terrible idea and they hung with that. And I mean, we can see that that's happening and yeah. it's not causing really more people to become politically involved necessarily. And, and if, if it even were to turn that way, because like Hungary just had another election and uh, Orban, Victor Orban yeah. support. Yeah. And, and he is now establishing pro Russian views because mm-hmm. he knows that he is sufficiently captured the courts and the media of his government that he is able to just hold on to an advantage. Yeah. And, and Hungary is now entirely what political science calls a competitive authoritarianism where there are notionally elections, but they don't actually change who holds power. Yeah. Because this, and, because the person in power basically controls all the levers of power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, that is very much what January 6th was about. That's very mm-hmm. much what these voter, um, you know, voting 
bills are about in conservative states. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's definitely a be careful what you wish for. Oh, for sure. Well, and and I think the most disturbing thing about all of it is just that the people who are clamoring for that type of governance are doing so largely because of their religious beliefs, their their conservative, ridiculous religious beliefs, and will shoehorn any any bit of anything they can to help prop those beliefs up to the point where they believe Donald Trump is this, you know, really, really religious person who loves God and the Bible and knows all about religion. And he's doing God's work here on earth when uh, honestly, I think he's probably an atheist and, and doesn't, it doesn't know, he doesn't know fuck all about religion. I mean, he's not a religious person. He uses religion and religious people as tools, as the tools that they are to do his bidding. And they're fucking doing it. They're playing right into everything that he wants them to do. And they're leading us, down the road into autocracy. Well, it's just like uh, Putin was using Trump as a useless idiot. Trump is using the religious as useless idiots. Mm-hmm. Useful idiot, yeah. Useful, yeah, not useless. Or useful, <laughs> damn. I messed that one up. See Ryan good words with. Yeah. I, uh, I was going to correct you there, but I just had a, um, an oh. ice cream truck driving by, which was, ah. I know those still exist. <laughs> the ice cream man <laughs> is coming. A, uh, have us have a theme song? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's an individual who's close to me who is incredibly, incredibly savvy on basically everything involving Russia and who is also incredibly, incredibly conservative. And I was having a conversation with that person this last weekend and I could tell how very split this person was (laughs) because on the one hand they were knowledgeable enough to know that Russia was the bad guy, but captured enough by Fox news bullshit to be like, but there's something about Biden in Ukraine. And it was just like, Oh man, the cognitive dissonance is very strong in this one. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just like we we were talking uh, pre-show, but when I was at work the other day, there was, I was at the clinic and Fox news was on and they were, talking about Hunter Biden, the laptop, Burisma, and the law, and all the stuff going on. And I'm like, wait, today's the same day we just got the news from Russia or Ukraine about Russia pulling out of that area in the mass fucking genocide. Like, there's mass genocide going on in Ukraine right now, and all you care about is Hunter Biden. Mm-hmm. Just skip over that whole part of the news. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to make sure that we mention that just like kind of for the historical record, as long as that's okay, Dan, I don't know if we're bumped up on time. No, you're good. Yeah. Is, is I just want to make sure that like it's said in our podcast, even though this will probably come out a couple of weeks ago, like there's absolutely genocide going on. Like there are people oh, yeah. in Buka. Um, we have found bodies in Buka that have been tortured, um, you know, content warning, I guess, you know, fast forward 30 seconds. Uh, well, maybe more than that. If I tell the story I want to sell. Yeah. Yeah. Fast forward at least 30 seconds. Right. But, um, they have found girls as young as 10 with torn vaginas, uh, meaning signs of rape. Um, yeah, just all kinds of, of torture going on, rape going on, murder, people having been shot in the back, people having been shot in the head close up. Corpses lying just in the streets with their hands tied. Like it is no shit genocide going on. I, uh, 
I had seen a segment and it was it was from Sky News, but it was mm-hmm. a guy retelling uh, a story. Uh, but one of the children he rescued, if I remember, it was a 15 year old girl in the story. And he was talking about how uh, the 15 year old girl was uh, held hostage in their basement. Uh, they shot her mother. Uh, she bled out for two days before she died next to the daughter, just sitting there on the floor. And then the Russian soldiers took turns raping her while videotaping it with their cell phones. Oh my God. Yeah. And that's their, they're like, again, shot across the bow. Like there's a reason why I've stopped listening to behind the bastards. You know, uh, Robert Evans continues to say, Oh, well, you know, like these are people who are propagandized against, like they're being forced into combat against their will. And it's like, I, I don't give a fuck. No, like, I don't care how much you've been propagandized. Um, you know, there's when I was in my practicum for uh, counseling, being a, a psychological counselor, one of the things that I covered was that some people will be victims of some form of, of childhood abuse. And then when they go on to be parents of kids, they will basically do that same form Repeat of abuse it. to their kids. So that cycle of abuse. Point yeah. in which it doesn't matter that you are a victim. If you are victimizing other people, you are culpable. Like regardless of what the origin of that behavior is in a deterministic you know, view of free will versus determinism, mm-hmm. there comes a point where I don't give a shit anymore. You are causing harm and we have to stop you from causing harm. Hi, this is Megan Kennedy. I'm a speaker with the Satanic Temple. You can find me on Twitter at Six Moments and you're listening to The Godless Revolution. I can't thank you enough. You did such a great job on my back. I will restore you to health and heal your wounds, declares the Lord. Jeremiah 30, 17. I would love to tell you about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I have pamphlets. Oh, fuck. If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you! I mean, even even that town that we were finding all the uh, the mass graves that mm-hmm. the horrible atrocities have gone on, and um, there was a uh, camera who's which news station it was on where I was watching, but interviewing people that made it out, and the lady was telling she was like, "I uh, the Russian soldiers came to my house and I hid in my basement for twelve days, like in yeah. the basement, yeah. not making a fucking peep while they were sleeping in her bed, doing all that." And mm-hmm. she said she heard them calling her neighbors out, her elderly neighbors out of their house. And screaming at them, where are the Nazis? Where are the Nazis? Show us where the Nazis are. And they kept saying, there's no Nazis. There's no Nazis here. And then they shot him in the head, the elderly male in the head. And started screaming at the woman, show us the Nazis. And then they shot her when she wouldn't show them the Nazis. So these people that are being executed in the street, they're probably running around the town, finding any civilian they can, based on the propaganda they were sold, that they're there to free them from this Nazi fucking bullshit. That doesn't exist there. And when they can't find these Nazis, they're just killing the civilians and raping them, stealing their shit. There was actually a a story I read about in uh, uh, Belarus, Russian soldiers going back there and having a bazaar, a a flea market to sell the shit they stole from Ukrainian homes. Yep. There was a a Russian who was killed recently um, who had swapped out one of the armor plates in his battle rattle 
so that he could sneak a MacBook that he had looted from somebody. And then he got shot through the chest, through that MacBook. Um, <laughs> and you know, neat. I hope it yeah, fucking tattooed awesome. an Before Apple that. symbol yeah. right above. <laughs> but, but before all this, this, this most recent stuff of all the, I mean, we knew there was war atrocities going on. We knew there was horrible shit going on, but not the level it was going on at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had a uh, scale. Yeah. I had seen a story where it was actually the video and the guy was translating what they were saying in the video. And it was Ukrainian soldiers in a ditch that had wiped out a Russian unit and the Russian soldiers' bodies are still laying there. And one of the bodies, his cell phone was going off. Mm-hmm. So the Ukrainian soldier grabbed the cell phone and answered it. And in the video, it claims it was the guy's mother. Mm-hmm. And the Ukrainians are basically going, we killed your son of a bitch fucking son. He's fucking dead. He's, and you can hear the mother mm-hmm. weeping. And at one point I'm like, well, that's kind of fucking rough. Like, really dude? Like you're going that far with us. But now I'm like, fuck it. No, good. Now what can, these guys now are fucking doing over there. Other people. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and we probably won't know more about this for a very long time, but I've seen credible reports that the Russians have been, um, basically like Nazi style or, you know, Chinese Uyghur style deporting, um, deporting Ukrainians in Eastern Ukraine. Oh, that's already been verified. Mm -hmm. I know it's been verified. I'm saying that that the consequences of that, right. The concentration camps or or death camps that these people will end up in, we will likely Mm -hmm. not get details on for a long time. True. This, this is, um, it not coincides. I don't know the word I'm looking for. It comports with like the, the historical process of what Russia calls Russification, which is where they get rid of non-Russian people in an yeah. area that Russia is colonizing adjacent to them. And then they move in actual Russian people and then claim that that area has a, a significant Russian minority. So it should belong to Russia. But, mm. I mean, it wasn't this bad in Georgia when they fucking invaded and basically because Georgia was what, 20, 2000, Eight. Eight. Yeah, well, I want to say eight. Then after that, we had Crimea. Mm-hmm. I mean, Crimea had, you know, Ukrainian, Russian people in it. But Georgia, like, they didn't do go to the same extent. And that's, you know, I guess when they did what they did in Georgia, we should have stepped in then. Because yeah. I think yes. allowing that to happen, allowing you, uh, uh, Crimea to happen, mm-hmm. Putin felt like, mm-hmm. well... I could do that. We've been enabling the other one. Yeah. I'm just going to keep going. I agree. Yeah. I mean, the best time to kill a Russian soldier was 12 years ago. The second best time to kill a Russian soldier is today. Right. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. We, I mean, the world has just been enabling Putin for Mm -hmm. a couple decades now. (laughs) Like, like they've, they've let him get away with atrocities and suffered no consequences. Right. I, I, all of the reporting that I've seen lately talks about how, you know, they nobody can see any way that Putin and Russia can rejoin the world order anytime, no. like like ever. Like there there yeah. nobody can see right. any pathway for Putin in particular in partic- in particular to be able to rejoin the world order, right? That they're he's going to be a pariah for the rest of his miserable fucking life. Oh yeah. And, and whoever should be. be, and as the Russian country deserves to be. Yeah. And whoever takes over for Putin afterwards is going to have a lot, a, a, a deep pit to crawl out of, to be able to get back in good grace with the rest of the world. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. 
I saw reporting just today that said that um, with the sanctions that we have in place now, that Russia's GDP will be will will dip by double digits. That will will basically yeah. erase the last fifteen years of gains yep. that the Russian economy has has attained. And I think they said it was it was uh, as much as thirty years. Yeah, and I, I, I the numbers I saw was twenty uh, percent uh, inflation. Well, and let's yeah. so let's let's play a game here. How how do you guys think that this will end? And because because in my opinion, I don't I don't see this going any which way other than eventually. I mean, III. yeah, I think this is. I think World War Three has started. It's just how fucking long is it going to yeah. be before the rest of the world recognizes that and joins in the fight to stop the murder of all of these innocent civilians in Ukraine. Well, if we, if we look at world war two, world war two essentially started in 1938. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The rest of the, most of the rest of the world did end up entering until 1941, 1942. Mm-hmm. And we didn't enter into Europe until 1944 officially yeah. the U S I think it breaks down with Hungary. Right. I, I think that, that what happens is, the first time that the EU tries to do some form of sanction and Hungary tries to veto it, um, that that causes a schism. Um, and that that's when like it becomes a European war as opposed to just a, a, um, Slavic war. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't think that Hungary will start fighting. Um, but I think that that's when the economic war starts to spread to Europe. And, and I, I'm going to stick by what I said. And I'm really happy to have seen that, like, this is now also being said on things like the Ezra Klein show is that in the sense that automatic weapons and planes and that kind of thing fundamentally changed warfare in World War One versus, say, the American Civil War, that economics are going to be a key part of this World War Three. Yeah. And I think that, that that aspect of that World War Three expands to Europe the first time that Hungary tries to stop bad things from happening to Russia. Mm-hmm. Right. And then the schism happens with an EU country. Uh, and that starts to break down some of the, the post-World War II, you know, uh, interwar alliances and new lines get drawn. Mm-hmm. Um, and, just- and like, I think it's kind of hard to say as far as conflict is concerned, it really depends on whether or not China ever makes the calculus to invade Taiwan. Right, because then we'll have mm-hmm. a world war in the like real ass sense. Europe and Pacific again. Sense. Yeah, but I think it's a little early to say. You know, I, I definitely agree that we are in World War Three. We just don't know it yet. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I also think that it's way too vague to give any precise. You know, how does this end? Because there's a whole lot of black swan events that we can't even conceive of. Oh, that sure, have yet to happen. Yeah, and we don't yeah. know what we don't know, and we're just. Yeah. We're just guys with no, I mean, Taylor, you have much more experience and expertise in this than any of us do. Mm-hmm. I've just got some opinions that Russia can eat a bucket full of dicks. Like, fuck oh, all yeah. of those guys. Oh, I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In my, in my professional opinion, Russia should eat a bucket of dicks. Yeah. Um, yeah. So my, my thought is we're going to find out this summer. Uh, Depending mm, on I think what happens this summer. Well, no, I'm saying this, this, this summer is going to be the deciding factor on whether this is going to last one or two years or this is going to last mm-hmm. 10 years. Yeah. And, and I would say that, um, in light of this con, uh, conflict, I think that, um, any of Pomerantsov's books, which he writes a lot about like Russia's mindset and propaganda and that kind of thing, he would be a good read. 
Um, he's got one. I want to say it's like everything is true. Nothing is permitted or something like that. Kind of like the Assassin's Creed quote. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also say go out and grab um, Barbara F. Walters. Um, How Civil Wars Start. Um, that book has been great just for just for seeing how conflicts start, even more than just civil wars in general. And I've been loving that book. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. You can't do wrong by picking those up and giving them a read. Yeah. I just, I don't know. The, the world seems to be going to shit, sliding, sliding pretty quickly into conflict everywhere. I think the pandemic had a large role in that slide oh, yeah. into chaos and that. incivility. Historically. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, diseases tend to be part of a of a cycle that causes big changes like that. I mean, look back to the bubonic plague and everything that followed in Europe after that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. well, well, and, and I've the noticed bubonic plague lasts for like five hundred years. Yeah. No. Well, well, I've no. I've noticed, <laughs> I've just noticed that going out anywhere in public, it's like everybody has forgotten how to human. Everybody's temper is super short. They they have a mm-hmm. no tolerance for anything at all. They all think that they're perfectly correct in everything they say and do. And there's just there's a general lack of civility everywhere I go, mm-hmm. and that that just portends bad things to come. So I've been trying to smile more at strangers. And doing little mm-hmm. things just to yeah. help calm nerves. When we went to go see, uh, we went and saw Jim Jeffries recently, mm-hmm. right? And getting on the elevator after the show, just like sh- sh- people shuffling into the building, waiting to get on the elevator in the parking structure to go to their whatever floor. There were people standing, you know, just outside one of the elevator doors. And Tracy and I just went to move past them to like line up behind them, but they were standing right right in front of the door with a ton of room off to their side. And so I just, you know, we walked in front of them to go past them to occupy the space that they weren't filling. Mm -hmm. And as we cut in front of them, I could see both of their faces light up like they were going to start screaming at us. And I just smiled at them and said, oh, we're just moving over here. And they were like, oh, oh, okay, okay. But like, (laughs) it could have turned into a thing super fucking easy. And it was just that recognizing uh, the... Being situationally aware of what's going on and the people are super fucking touchy about everything and just recognizing that and making a concerted effort to allay their fears and insecurities by saying, oh, we're not trying to cut in line. I'm just moving over here because more people want to come in the building and get out of the cold. So that's what we're doing. Yeah. And there's there's a quote that I'll uh, that I'll leave with um, by Isaac Asimov. Um there is a cult of ignorance in the United States, and there always has been. The strain of anti-intellectualism has been a constant thread winding its way through our political and cultural life, nurtured by the false notion that democracy means that my ignorance is just as good as your knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's a great quote. And with that, we have run out of time for this episode. Thank you. Yeah, guys I see a bunch of zeros. Much. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I set up a little timer for us. Uh, before we go, though, I want to make sure that we thank our Patreon supporters because they keep the show going, and we love you all so very much. We appreciate your patronage lots and lots. Uh, I imagine I'll need to talk to Andrew and Morgan next week because we still need to meet with Morgan <laughs> to do yeah. some stuff. Uh, a lot of shit's going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're awful busy with stuff and junk. Uh but I want to thank two skeptical chaps, 
A noble spirit embiggens the smallest man. A perfectly cromplet statement. Alan Firth. All hail Penis Buttra. Darwin is coming. Doug Willoughby. Hunter Grin. Is it just me or are these patrons amazing? Yeah, John McCullough, you're pretty amazing. <laughs> Ollie Olson. Schnee Duffy. Steve Kuno. I will see him next week. I'm looking Ooh, forward to that. Nice. Uh, Steven Andrus. Ted Sellen. Tiffany Hudson. Vanessa. Corey Ebert. Don't be a Richard. Freethinker215. I, I, li- I like the sing song. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Good news, everyone. Jeremy Goodson. Jonathan. Mackenzie Peterson. Marvin Dracon. Uh, Matthew Sanders. Megan Mitchell. Not a fucking gymnast. The next Patreon is an updog. Utah Outcasts. Updog. <laughs> Wesley Aaron. Zeus 9SO. Janet Uter. Purple Dragon. Sarah Segovia. Savid Acuna. Socialized Healthcare Saved My Life. Tim Jacobson. Bender Rodriguez says, please support Americans United for separation of church and state and bite my shiny metal ass. <laughs> and James. Thank you all very much for participating and being patrons of the show. We really, really appreciate it. If you would like to become a patron of the show, you can do so very easily by going to patreon.com slash godless revolution, where you can contribute as little as $1 per episode. And then you get, uh, Bonus episodes every now and then. You get extended outtakes. You get clips from the cutting room floor. You get the episode before everybody else. All kinds of fun stuff. And the knowledge that you help keep the show going. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you all very much. Uh, Thank you guys for joining me this evening. I appreciate it. I hope you're doing well. Taylor, from your undisclosed location, I hope everything (laughs) is going well. Thank you, guests, for putting up with my room noise for for a little while. (laughs) Sorry about my travel mic. Yeah, and uh, I am going to go have some dinner now. Ooh, that sounds fun. All right. Love you guys. Take care. Love you guys. Oh, yeah. We will chat with you next week. My cat has been sleeping through almost the entire episode, and his nose has started whistling halfway (laughs) through the show. (laughs) 